So they go on this mission to find the guy, hoping that it will sort of help amend the issue. So they find this this old abandoned, dilapidated home. Among a bunch of other... Dilapidated homes. So they get into this guy's home. And they break their window and then they see that all of the windows have magazines and they're covered up. Yeah. And there's all beer... Uh, beer cans and crushed bottles hanging on the windows and they start kind of brushing against them and realizing like oh this, this guy was like this has yeah. there's no windows and it can't see inside or out and if something's like knocking on a window or trying to get in he's gonna hear it from jay's perspective she's probably thinking you know yeah of course this is a very real thing this is what he's had to do because yeah. i know exactly what this can do and maybe to the friends and and you know we don't know for sure um but we can tell, I guess, sort of the different energies between Jay and her friends. Jay's is very focused and yeah. very fearful. Her friends are kind of meandering around and sort of seeing and figuring things out. But Still joking. They may, yeah. they may think, you know, this this was probably just a crazy dude. Yeah. Crazy dude living in this abandoned house with the windows burned up. But to Jay and to the viewer, you know it made that sense. this yeah. actually makes sense. So they're rummaging through the home to try and look for clothes. They go upstairs where his where the one thing that was in the house is a bed. And, and a porno magazine. So they find a porno magazine. Yeah. So and, and in the magazine, they find a photograph. And that photograph is what allows them to track him down. They find a picture of him with a girl and she's wearing like a varsity jacket. Yes. And they... The logo and, the logo and the colors, I guess, uh, uh, take them to a high school. Yeah. Um, it's something to note, though, back on the sense of innocence, they kind of start... You, they start breaking that now. There's mm. the conversation that they actually have yes. surrounding that magazine, which Correct. was something, you know, that when they were kids together, they found porn yes. magazines at a friend's house. And they were reading another front porch. And they read it and they, I don't think they really understood what was no. happening, but, they, you know, the parents got involved. Yeah. They do a lot of really interesting and really subtle callbacks in this movie. Yeah. Um, but not enough to give you any detail. Right. Anyway, so then they, they go to the school and they ask, you know, okay, like, do we know who this is? And once again, when they're in the school, you you don't interact with them kind of like over their shoulder. You interact with them from a distance. They walk into what looks to be like the main office while the camera is spinning around, mm-hmm. kind of in like the main hallway. And you can see out a window again. Yeah. And once again, it pans. There's nothing. You see them kind of talking to this person, showing them the photo. And they, it looks like they're going through a, a yearbook. It pans to the window again. And you maybe start seeing like a girl walking in the general direction that mm-hmm. you're, 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 where the characters are in. Yeah. And then it happens once more and then they're in the car. Yes. It just cuts them in a car being like, okay, we found him. This is his name. And then once again, you see maybe the same thing walking towards them, but you're in the car and looking out through the front window and you're kind of just seeing this thing walk forward. And it's like, it plays with the this sense of like, is that it? Is it exactly. not it? Um, like we don't really know any better than they do. Yeah, we can't identify it. You know, we're we're not we're not yeah. clued in, and you know, we're young. The characters move because we don't know. Yeah, we don't know. It could be it. It could be a random person, person walking yeah. towards them. We do know though that it is always walking towards them. Yeah, it's not gonna be running. It's not gonna be like it's not, and it's not gonna be it's walking gonna be in a different direction. Yeah. It might jaywalk. It probably jaywalks. It definitely jaywalks. Anyway, oh, it has no it has no boundaries. Yeah. The next scene is them going to They track him down. They track him down, they find his house, and then they knock on the door and Jay's just like, Hey, is like your son here? Yeah. And the mom's like, Yeah, do you and your friends want to come in? Okay. I love so I love this scene. The suburban It's moment. so fun and um now I can't stop picking up on on um themes of um 
innocence. Innocence. And, yeah, and, it's and like, oh, you, your friends are here. But then do you remember how they how they sort of convocate? They're all they sitting sit in his outside. little crisscross applesauce also, in a circle. Just yeah, like outside. And the mom, yeah. you see her walking away like she just gave them all sodas with straws. Yeah. <laughs> and this is obviously in a much better area than where she was they're in like a wealthier suburb of detroit or something like yeah that. but yeah. you can see kind of like they're sitting outside everything's nice and mm. that and jay's not from like an area like that she's from a place where they're sitting on like milk carton things playing oh, cards and drinking. a little bit <laughs> a little bit um well the, the sort of the the for just a moment the kind of dark decrepit eeriness of the settings is is we're sort of taken out of that and now we're in this grassy you know kind of calm and and happy place yeah. but only for a moment because then you remember that it's still coming this is doesn't matter and now you have two people that can see it exactly and you start to get and then you see the 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 guy i forget what his, his name actually was but i think his name was hugh but like his hugh, name yeah. was hugh um you know he's he's like talking and then they kind of they're very all calm but uh hugh and greg have a little like moment where it's like well what is this and they're kind of like you get a little they start arguing a little bit but it's broken by hugh going do you guys see that i love that and it's like oh my god it's a girl in a soccer outfit like they're gonna like she's gonna kill her and then (laughs) my favorite part is like she walks past and all the guys all the kids are like yeah and she gives us this little like side eye like what the like why are you looking at me yeah but and i think that that moment's so great so when they when um you know you and this is pretty indicative of um how it manifests Mm -hmm. can't tell if it's a human being or not yeah and you know he quickly quips you know do you see her and they all and they all uh uh like synonymously say yes and so now and i think that's that also is we're slowly these uh the the friends who cannot see it yeah are kind of you know they're now participating they're now believing yeah and they start seeing that okay like you know jay was doing this but they don't know each other well enough to really be clued in to be doing this together you know what i mean yeah. like you start getting that sense of like okay like this isn't really a joke and then hugh goes on to explain like you know like you need to just pass it on give it to somebody else you know far away and then it kind of just cuts to them trying to figure out what to do well yeah because then i mean and i think that they went to hugh for answers but the answers are i don't go have as far answers. away as possible i'm what here he i'm yeah. i'm and this i dealt with the same thing you did if yeah. i couldn't solve it i can't help you solve it yeah um and i think that that his solution to pass it off to someone, you know, it's, it is sort of what I think any it's the person only would thing. do. It's the, it's the quickest solution. It's like, it's the only solution. Well, but that being said, you're then I know, putting another person it. in the same position. You know, there are no answers. There are no, uh, there is no procedure. Yeah. You know, and I think in a lot of other horror movies, you see this a lot. There's sort of a rule book. Yeah. Um, or there's some, you know, there's some way to defeat the demon. There is some kind of quest you need to go on. And there's sort of a definitive um, a process to solve your problem. But there is nothing with this. You either you either gotta you know pass it on and create more issues for other people, or you better get pretty clever. So the next scene is them kind of like in the car driving when we don't really know where, but Greg kind of is gonna let them stay at this home. sort of a beach. It's like a it's like a, a lake house that yeah. I think his maybe his his family owns and something of that you know nature, his yeah. his parents used to go up there. And, and it's a nice, and this is, I think, um, like we were saying when it was with um, when they went to Hugh's house, and it was sort of this, you know, nice grassy, sort of friendly area. Now we're going to a beautiful, 
um, serene, secluded beach house. And, you know, I think that for a moment, for a moment, um, the characters as well as the viewer yeah. think, okay, well now we can get away from it for a moment because a sense of, we're safe at yeah, this beautiful beach serene, house. And but like, it's very communal. Like they're cooking, they're walking around, drinking, they're by, they're sitting like by the beach. And that's honestly one of the funniest scenes. Um, you know, after they've been sitting, they've like played with a gun. They like tried to shoot. Um, and then they're sitting on the beach and this is a really interesting scene because once again, they have somebody just kind of walking there. It's, uh, Jay, her sister and the male friend, and you don't see the fourth friend. So this is the sequence where it is definitively proven to the friend group that something is very real. And not only is it very real, but it can affect them too. So you see what looks like the the other, like the sister's friend, kind of walking towards them, and then it pans to the it pans to the back of the sisters, kind of talking about wanting to be in the water, and you can see the lake, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, you want to go in?" And then you see the friend in the, the water, being like, "Guys, come on, get in!" And and it. You see the thing, whatever is following her. That's it. Like, you know, yeah. that's it. Yeah. And well, also it tries to snatch her wig. It tries to. Yeah. It comes for her edges. It comes for her edges. It comes for her wig. She grabs her hair. Yeah. And the sister and she Jay doesn't notice. But the sister's like, oh, my God. And then that's when the struggle starts. And now the now the friends are like, oh, shit. Like, this is something like something is actually happening. So what I love about this sequence when they're on the beach and. Um, the group as a whole really encounters this entity is that once it grabs her, we do not see it. Yeah. So we're kind of comprehending because we already understand what it's like for Jay. Yeah. But now we're understanding what it's like for a non-affected person. Yeah. And it is so confusing. I can imagine because she's being thrown around. By nothing. And it's by nothing. Yeah. But, and this is also when we learn that um, even though they can't see it, it can still hurt them. Yeah, it's still no, it's still aware of them, and so the the younger male friend tries to hit it with a chair. Yeah, Paul Paul grabs the beach <laughs> chair and whacks it, and you and I and it makes contact. It, it doesn't the, the go through bends. it. The chair yeah. bends, and, and he gets thrown, thrown. catapulted yeah. away. Yeah, and. So the girls start running. Mm-hmm. Um, it let go of Jay's hair. They run into this kind of like shack where the yeah. gun is hidden. Yes. And it's the three girls. They're sitting with the door closed. Um, and then the friend, the younger male friend gets in. And then Greg starts to notice. He walked away to pee in a bush. He starts running back. Um, and then there's a struggle of like the doors opening or like somebody's banging on the door. And then it just kicks in like. Some, it looks like yeah. somebody just kicks. Right, because we and yeah, because this thing has real power. Powers. It's it's we, physical. We see it initially the way that it was able to throw Paul, and then it kicks through and like now a it wooden can just barn kick door. Through the door. Yeah, and then you see Greg come back and be like, "Guys, what did you just do?" Exactly, because he didn't, didn't see experience any of it. it, and now they're all panicked. Yeah, and how now? And now he's in the shoes of this is you know like like what's wrong? Yeah, and for some reason. Jay decides, oh, let me walk towards the hole of the thing yeah. that the thing made that's trying to get me. She walks towards it, and this is terrifying. Oh, I love this. this it's is... a little boy yes. crawling, and he opens his mouth, and as it's, as he starts to scream, you kind of hear it. It's the, the blaring music again. Yeah. Like this, like, 
it just takes over the entire scene and you never really hear, hear Jay scream either, which is something that I picked up on. Hmm. It's always like a, like a swell of music comes right as anybody starts to like scream, like actually Interesting. scream. Interesting. But then they start running away. They tried shooting it. You see them try to shoot it. Um, and then it f- they shoot it in the head and then it falls and then it stands back up. And yes. this happens a little bit before, but it's important to bring up. Um, but now they're kind of running away and then Jay's like, Listen, sis, sisters, sisters, yeah. I'm getting out. She sprints to the car yeah. and she gets in and she drives away. And she drives away without her friends. And But it's so scary because you see the four friends running after her and then one thing in the middle of it walking and it's one of the friends. I don't know if you picked up on that. No, it transforms into one of the friends. Yeah, it's it's the girl, it's the 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 friend again, not the sister. It's the the female friend. Oh. It tra- it's it's in the middle of them running as you you're only seeing from like the uh, rear view rear of the car, like out the window, and it's all the friends running and it's panning kind of around the house as she's driving away, um, and it's just walking in the middle of them. Once again, you see that this thing is gonna walk towards you. While everything goes on around it. Mm. Um, and then as Jay is panicked, she gets into a car accident. Um, you know, because she's looking behind her, looking what's happening. And it's a really bad CGI moment. It's one of, that's the probably the worst moment of the film. What? When she gets into the car accident, she goes into the wheat field. Oh, the wheat field. It's a little rough. Yeah, it doesn't look um, great. Hey, but listen, you know what? This this was, I mean, by all accounts, it's a low budget movie. Which is something that you wouldn't know. No. Because they don't need much. But then she wakes up in a hospital She's a little disheveled. And then just like when she's in the classroom, it's like once again, she's stuck in an area that she doesn't really have too much control over. And they play up this moment where like a nurse is walking by the door. Um, and this is when you start to see Greg being like the hero. Mm-hmm. He start, he, you know, he gets up on the bed with her and then, you know, things happen. And then they do this really cool shot of the hospital from the outside. It's all the windows and you kind of see like the different patients in different rooms around them. And you see like a family huddled around a mom, you see, you know, a few other situations, but then you see Greg and the hottest scene of the film. Okay. (sighs) Having sex in a hospital with the window wide open. You're, you're very unnerved because you know that, you know, in hospitals, there's hospitals. Well, there's that, but you know, hospitals are supposed to be a p- place of safety. You know, you're supposed to know that you're you're being taken care of and nothing can harm you. But that is so not the case in this situation because not only can something harm her, but now she's in a in a in arguably worse situation. She's yeah. got her arm broken. Yeah. Um. She's in this hospital bed. She's probably on some sort of painkillers, all yeah. sleeping, whatever. And um off screen we're not really clued into this until we see it the camera pans over the various rooms in the hospital it's night and you can see you know different situations little kid you know older family and then we see um the two of them greg and jay having sex yeah and what i what i think is really interesting because when i first saw this movie i thought ooh, like they're gonna have sex like this but then you know when you think about it it's kind of fitting that it's in a hospital because it's a very, um, it's almost like a, a clinical choice. Yeah. It's not passionate. It's not sexy. No. It's something that has to happen. And you even kind of see distress in her face when it's happening. She kind of like, well, you know, he's on top of her and you see her head kind of just tilt to the side. Yeah. And, and you see this like the the like the sense of innocence just kind of be taken away from her because yeah. once again she's put into the situation where it's like she has to and you know and and now it's she's kind of the perpetrator and i'm sure there's a sort of a sense of guilt that oh completely oh i never thought about that honestly yeah. never kind of put that yeah. there yeah so now so now she's been victimized 
and she's sort of a perpetrator and she's victimizing another yeah. person. Um, but of course, Greg ready and willingly takes on this role. He has never interacted or been in a situation where he really sees this thing interacting with Jay or just in general, he's never seen it. Right? Honestly, he's just been taking their word for it this whole time. Which, exactly. Which I know, don't, it's so subtle. It's so subtle. It's so great. So the next scene you see Greg is now talking up a young woman. Yeah. And uh, I think we're meant to be led to believe that he plans mm-hmm. on infecting her. Yeah. So then, yeah. So after he is infected, you can tell that he's still not particularly concerned, at least not in the way that Jay was when she was first infected. Yeah. I don't think he takes it that seriously. No. And even if he does believe or, or does want to take the precaution of um, having sex with another individual, I don't think that he comprehends the peril that he's in. Not and at all. we see this because he becomes his next victim. So, yeah. And they he keeps being asked if he's seen it. Uh, you know, after they show the scene of him in the cafeteria, once he's back in the hospital, they do that scene again. And, you know, Jay asks, like, have you seen it? He's like, no. And that kind of plays into the part where, you know, he hasn't actually interacted with it yet. Yeah. Um, and then, so the next scene is Jay back home. And we don't know location-wise, once again. Like, we know that they drove far away, and they had some time to sit at this beach house. And then she's at this hospital where she probably was for a few days, mm-hmm. and now she's back home. So this thing really oh, is getting go- its cardio in. <laughs> this thing can go anywhere. Yeah. Honey, she can go anywhere. So we see Jay sitting in her bedroom, looking out her window onto Greg's house. Yes. And then you see Greg walking in... In, a, in like, a white, long john. Yeah. Like, <laughs> night nighty john. Yeah. To his house. Straight up to the house. And, and start... she, well, she she knocks on the window. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God, it's not him. Like, why would he be doing that? Why is he barefoot outside? He, and then it's kind of funny. You see him struggling to get in the house. Like he opens, yeah. he tries to open the screen door. It won't open. Door. And then you kind of just see it like, be like, okay. Mm-hmm. And takes a, it takes a rock again and yeah. throws it through the window and climbs in. And, I and think she's friends. And I think what's so scary about um, the way that it moves when it's manifested bodies is how direct it is. We, yeah. we see that every time um, it interacts with one of the infected that it really could not care less about sort of anything else. It's It knows exactly what it wants and it will get it. So it doesn't doesn't hesitate. It doesn't really think, you yeah. know, it, if it can't open the door, it will break through the window. And, you know, playing into you know, being very direct, going to one thing, you see that in the next scene, it's it's uh, Jay in the house and it's taken the form of Greg's mother. mom. And, you know, we don't really know that, but we did see her earlier. So you kind of, you like paid attention, you saw it. Um, but it's her knocking on his door. Just continuously knocking and knocking and knocking. But it stops and looks at Jay. Right. From down the hallway. It takes and a moment. It takes a moment. It gives her the, it gives her the I'm busy mm. look continues to knock on the door and then Greg opens the door and he's like, what mom? And she's, you know, in a night robe naked underneath and just lunges at him. So this kill is to me, one of the most interesting in the movie. Yeah. It's the only time you see somebody killed. Right. By it. You see the whole like sequence. Yeah. Um, so. Which is weird. There's a moment where um, once, once Greg opens the door to see his, who I think, you know, at first he believes his mother, but there's a pause. And it's very, very brief, and it, but you know that yeah. he takes it in and he realizes this is not his mother. Yeah. Um, it's a very grotesque scene. I think that the idea of seeing the body of your mother 
somewhat like naked and disheveled yeah adds to the adds to the wrongness of the situation and and then once the once it tackles him and this was something that really confused me i have to admit i i actually watched this scene over and over again to my uh i guess to my dismay (laughs) because it is not a pleasant scene no when he we don't and and you um, mentioned this earlier we actually never are completely um clued in and it's never fully demonstrated how exactly it kills but the mother uh being the it it as the mother leaps on top of him and is grinding her pelvis onto his yeah and she has underwear on yes. she has like a, she has a panty on and she's just uh you know grinding on him and the this thing is transmitted through sex and it's really interesting that the death is through sex and it or at least that that there is something innately sexual about the murder um it is very unpleasant to watch but i think it's really um it's really important it's really fascinating in the um i guess sort of like structure of this creature is the creature it's or i say creature it's it's so hard to define what it is yeah um does it use sex in more ways than one does it does is is it 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 feels like some type of like biblical thing for sinning and like having sex to me yeah it could be you know what i mean like and the i think most the most disgusting part other than you know it's supposed to be the mom humping the son is it looks like there's semen oh did you not see that no oh no i sound weird but if you've seen it you know she's kind of like holding his hands up and it kind to me it looked like there was semen dripping down like his wrists, as if it was like blood. Interesting. And you never and you never see blood, but then it kind of just pans to his his face blue. Yes. Um, so that's interesting that you that you noticed that I totally didn't. I kinda, I'm gonna look at it right now <laughs> just to make sure I don't sound crazy. But I mean, but here's continue. the thing: is that even if that even if if there was no semen in, um, in that scene. We do know that it can produce bodily f- fluids. Yeah. Because we saw it urinating earlier. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So I, I guess, you know, by that logic, if it wanted to produce semen, it could. Yeah. Or um, if that's like part of, you know, part of it, you know, the idea. So I wonder if by it as the mother um, grinding against him as she's, as it's killing him, do you think that maybe that's even sort of it mocking him? That it's sort of like it, it, you. It makes you think if it's sentient enough to like. Well, it yeah. I mean, if and, it knows, if, because it's once again like, is this your mind playing this? Like, is are you seeing it this way? Like, at okay. no point do we ever see two characters. At no point do two characters ever see it and can be like, do you see that old woman walking across the courtyard? And they, there's never a time where two people say like, I see the same thing as you. Oh, that's true. So, I mean, for all we know, Jay may not have even seen it as the mother. It could yeah. have been seen as another person. So that's just something to kind of keep in mind. But yeah, it is It is interesting that it does pick that. Um, so I think that, you know, um, when we were talking a little bit about the way that it moves, the way that it behaves, even though it is very direct, it's very purposeful. It's not animalistic, which I think is no. really interesting. Well, the, and lun- it, the lunge is kind of like... The lunge is animalistic, yeah. d- definitely. I mean, the killings are brutal, but... It's not it, trying to survive. It's not doing every. It's not... Well, it seems intelligent and it seems thoughtful. And even, you know, I think that um, in, some of the, in some of the cases, it almost seems to be sort of like mocking them. Yeah. And I think with the urinating on the floor could have been one. Yeah. Maybe it could have been either... You really have an issue with that. I really do not like that. 
I really do not like that. But um, it could be either a show of its abilities to really fully form as a human yeah. being or to kind of uh, like make, you know, poke poke at Jay. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. hey, I'm not only going to kill you, I'm going to piss on your floor. Yeah. And that's then what it's like. with <laughs> with um, the with it humping Greg, it could also be yeah. sort of mocking him for making the decision to have sex like, oh, you happy now? Look, yeah. look, you know, you did this to yourself. You wanted to get laid and now yeah, you're going to die. Now, now here it is. Um, yeah. So that was probably the most horrific kill in the movie or um, one of the most horrific and unnerving scenes. Yeah. Who writes that stuff? Come on. That's what, and that's kind of the whole thing. Well, this whole movie is based off a dream that the director had. That's what I've, yeah, that's yeah. what I've read. It's, Which was, it's a reoccurring it's nightmare. Yeah. So after the events um, of Greg's murder, she drives back up to that lake, uh, awakens the next morning, and notices that there's a group of young men partying on a boat. Yeah. And kind of in this sort of dreamlike, um, sedated uh, haze, she slowly walks um, towards the shore and she removes her clothes uh underneath she has some sort of undergarments or a bathing suit and she wades into the water and we don't really see anything after that i think it's sort of alluded to that maybe she was considering having sex with these men in order to pass it on but we never see it but she does the next scene she is soaking wet you see her in the car she is soaking soaking wet, wet. so it's, so it's she like, did emerge into she did immerse herself into the water but, but you know what happens and that's the, we that's don't know what terrifying. happens but we do know that she didn't pass it on. My theory is that, and that, and, and and we see this, you know, several times in the movie with Jay, that she really is guilt ridden. Oh yeah. So she's she's guilt ridden when she, I think she's guilt ridden when she has sex with Greg, and she's knowingly passing it on. She's guilt ridden after Greg's death, and then I think that perhaps, um, you know, sort of what I interpreted that that she did go into the water with that intention, maybe realized she, what yeah. she would be doing. And then didn't, and didn't yeah. do it, um, which is really, uh, I think, speaks g- great to her character yeah. that she could so easily at such a young age because we don't know how old she's how a college old she is, age. but she has to be college, so she has to be yeah. in her twenties that she's old enough to be like, you know what, she's gonna face I can't this, do this to somebody. Yeah, yeah, and, and 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 to be fair though, even if she did pass it on, if that person got killed, it's right back it's to her, right, so exactly. it almost doesn't matter. Yeah, you know, it's better off that she kind of phases it herself. You know what? I don't understand why this bitch didn't try find a way to get on a plane and let the bitch drown trying to cross the ocean. It can get on a plane. It's a human. It can't get on a plane. It's not going to buy a ticket to a plane. It's not going to stand. But it can manifest. Well, okay. Actually, this is interesting. We don't know what the rules are. We don't We don't know what the rules are to this thing. We don't it know. It is unlimited. It has unlimited We don't unlimited know if she powers. can pass it on to more than one person at once. Sure. We don't know. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know, you know, anything about it. We still don't know what happens. We know that now if it if it gets you, it's going to kill you yeah. some way. We know that but it we, can. It, you, it can touch you. It can yeah. interact with you and it won't kill you instantly. It's just something that I mean, yeah, because we only know as much as they do. And because I did watch, I read an interview with um, Tarantino talking about the film. Oh, okay. And that was kind of his gripe is like, you know, it doesn't stick to its rules. And I was like, no, 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 you missed it. That's the sense of the innocence, the childlike innocence, is that they're making it up as they go along. They're trying to figure out as they go along. It's like, okay, we know it can't touch you. We know it can't do this, but they don't. They're never given the rules. Yeah, it's not that it's not following its rules. I mean, who's who's to say it has rules? Exactly, Why and that's what I think is so interesting. That's what the movie does so well. It's just it never sets anything up for you. So, so now she's sort of back at square one. Uh, she's back with her friends. She still has the 
the uh, affliction and now they're going to kind of uh, take the bull by the horns and try and solve the problem. She comes home and the the younger friend, the male... Paul. They Paul, yes. He. They're all upstairs sleeping. All the girls are upstairs sleeping in her room and he's downstairs. He walks up and he you know interacts with her and she's very timid still. Um, and he's kind of alluding to like, you know, like... Pass it on to me. Well, there's a really so there's a really interesting encounter when Jay goes back home after um the scene on the shore. Yeah. Um, she has a conversation with Paul, and Paul says, "Why didn't you pick me? I would have had sex with you." And yeah. I think that, and it's so interesting because not only do you see sort of his devotion to her, because clearly he had a thing for her. And, you know, we yeah. see that from the get go. That, um, you Why? know, there is kind of a naivety, and it is sort of an innocence and. And we're pulling all this, this, these themes of of um, child childlike behavior. Yeah, I wrote. He got. He, I wrote. He's so thirsty. He gets <laughs> mad that she picked Greg <laughs> to give the thing to over him. So, do you remember the reasoning as why she picked Greg or what she gives? It's was really it, interesting. It was more or less that she was trying to protect him, right? No, it was that. So she says that the reason that she picked Greg is because they had already had sex in high school. Oh, I forget. Yes, yes, yes. And then it kind of, I think that's the end of the scene. Yeah. Right? That's really interesting because, you know, there was no, they didn't need to mention that. But I think that when, it, that that it, because now, you know, of course, that it's, it is an allegory for, um, like sexually transmitted diseases or, or even possibly sexually sexual assault. And I think that the idea of what well, we've already done it once, it doesn't really matter. It's interesting that you bring that up because kind of at the beginning of the film, when, when she has sex the first time that we see, mm-hmm. you're kind of led to believe it's her first time. You're yeah. led to believe that this is like her. There's nothing to, there's nowhere. There's no one telling you that, that but it isn't. The imagery placates that with like the pink lingerie, but it's still very, you know, conservative. It's very childlike. It's very innocent. Childlike. And she goes on the whole monologue about being yeah, a child. Yeah, it doesn't seem like she's she's really a pro at sex. She's not a she's not a hit it and quit it kind of gal. And then she's like, oh yeah, I had sex in high school with uh, Greg already, so it was fine. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. It's really interesting. I don't really know what to what to take from that, but yeah. And then so after that, um, Paul brings up the he says, you know, do you trust me in you know one of the following scenes? And then they kind of set into action. So yeah, so this is this is where sort of our final sequence um, enacts. It's the it's or the climax of it. Yeah, they they are they are now taking taking action and yeah. they're going to take try this to, thing head on. They're going to try to kill it. Um, and and I love this. Um, and and we've said several times through this that the way that these kids band together to solve the problem, it's like a very it's like the Goonies, but like it's like the Goonies, but messed up. But like, like they, yeah, it's like deadly. It's like okay, it's like like Scooby Doo, but you'll actually get brutally murdered. Actually, it's funny that you bring up Scooby Doo. The um the creator of the film was talking about this scene, and he mentioned that like yeah, like it's Scooby Doo esque. No as, kidding, as yeah. what they do. Yeah, I mean definitely. I, I think anyone who's seen Scooby Doo can definitely like sort of pull that. Yeah, that I mean maybe vibe. all of this kind of. It's all like they're all kind of relaxed and chill kids trying to figure out. Yeah, they're very like serious. a ragtag. It's like a ragtag group of kids. Yeah. who are gonna like. Uh, defeat this like evil deity sex monster yeah. sex monster evil sex deity it's like crabs, monster but like, it's like crabs but like I don't if think it crab... wasn't a crab ew I don't think about crab so um, now that they've been kind of kicked into gear they're going to set off and try and defeat it once and for all so 
um, we learn that they're going to some kind of community pool that Jay used to swim at as a child. Yeah. Um, they're pulling out of the driveway and they see something really unnerving. Yeah, you see this. They're pulling out of this driveway in a car and they really... I love the whatever like a cinematography technique they use. They're yeah. always kind of giving you this really interesting perspective. You're sitting in the car, kind of like in the place of Jay, looking at the window, and you see this tall, naked man standing on the roof of her house. And the fact that it's standing on the roof, I don't think we've standing ever... is also kind of the key point. It's not walking. No, it's, it's waiting and standing and glaring. It's, it's looking at her pull like drive away. And I think that the fact that it's on the roof too um, just like, speaks to the fact that it, it'll do anything to get it in. Can do and it can do anything. And, and maybe it's learning. Maybe it knows like I can't break through the window. Um, but you know, um. And again, I have no no real evidence backing this, but I like to think this. I think this is a cool theory that I've kind of come up with tonight just by talking to you. Oh. The the taunting nature of this creature. Because yeah. if it wanted to kill her, it would be following her on the done, ground. Yeah. It would be following the car. It would have it would have it would have jumped down and just jumped on the car and killed her. Yeah. It could have We don't know if it can jump though. Okay. That's you the know? thing. Well, once that's again, we have no idea. It's standing know. there. But it, it can get up on walking. the roof, but so why yeah, if it can get up on the roof, why can't it run? If it can get up, if it can get if up it, on the roof, then why can't it it pounce it, and kill her in the car? If it can stand there, what it, you know? If it's yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, that I was just it. it was really terrifying because once again, it's that huge. The music plays such a hard part into this. Mm. It's this huge swell of sound. I think this is the part that, um, when I first watched it, led me to believe that maybe this movie was kind of alluding to AIDS. Mm-hmm. Um, when you see the kids walking. They um, start walking. You don't really know where, but they're kind of like they're on a mission, like they're Mm -hmm. going somewhere. And they start talking about the difference between the city and the suburbs. And they bring up the uh, eighth mile. Eight mile. Eight mile. Yeah. Which is I mean, so I I, listen, I am absolutely no expert on the city of Detroit. I have never been. Um, I only understand this from the uh, award winning Eminem film Eight Mile. That this Don't talk is about some, Eminem. It's such a highlight on this, please. <laughs> that there's some sort of border in the city of of Detroit where it goes from uh, you know nicer suburban uh, neighborhoods to don't cross, do not this cross area. this. Yeah. Um. So now they have to cross it in order to get to this pool. Yeah. And but before we go to that, just to me, I was like, oh, this kind of feels like maybe parents being like, you know, don't go to the more. Uh, what they're looking to is a ghetto, mm-hmm. you know, where you're going to get hurt or get something or get, yeah. you, you know, something's going to happen to you. And that's why I was like, in my head, I was like, this feels like parents warning their kids about AIDS becoming, you know, rampant in certain areas or like airborne. You know what I mean? Like, But it's, but it's, and I know, well, yeah, but it is, it's like STDs where there's sort of like the stigma that only certain people can get in only in certain areas. And that is that is blatantly untrue. It's blatantly untrue in real life when it comes to SEDs, but it's yeah. also untrue in this movie. And we've seen this number of times in the film where they're really pushing this this um, notion that it does not matter where you are. It doesn't matter if you're in a nice area. It doesn't matter if the sun's shining and the grass is green. It doesn't matter if you're in a poor, dingy, scary area. Yeah, it doesn't it, matter if you have an exam the next day. It's coming for you. It's coming for you. It doesn't matter, you know. The kid's kind of like setting on this adventure. Yes. Now they're out of the car. And they're at this community pool. This It's an abandoned community pool in this uh, poor area of Detroit. It's an abandoned pool. Mm-hmm. And they are going to utilize this space, hopefully to somehow defeat the entity. And it's so weird because you're like, what are they going to do in this 
Yeah, pool. yeah. There's this invisible thing that they can't see. What are they going to do with a pool? And then you start seeing them uh, plug a bunch of um, household electrical... electronics. So we yeah. see um, hair dryers, uh, irons, TVs, Toasters, lamps. Yeah, yeah, a lot. Like a, a Anything that they could kind of steal from their parents. That they can plug in, yeah. Very, very childlike. You know, you're going to steal your mom's iron yeah. because we're going to use it to defeat the demon. Yeah, um, and then you have this very, once again, innocent sequence of of jay in the pool um with her cast on mind you because she did break her arm in she the thing got that she, cast wet so many times she dipped her hand right into that water um but you see her in the pool and they do really they do interesting shots where you can't see her head mm-hmm. and to me that's just very like you only see like this young person's body yeah. in this pool it, it has that sense of like floaty innocence you know what i mean well because well and i think that that the use of the pool is perfect because in in the beginning of the film we we see her um you know prior to her um oh my god she's, she's floating in, in a pool so she's floating the pool that. she's relaxing this is clearly something she enjoys to do um we later learned when they're going to the community pool that she used to swim as a child yeah. so you know swimming for her is probably something that is meant to be relaxing and and recreational yeah and now it's something that rather terrifying and deadly and that she's probably dreading um and this I don't think you know about this. I'm oh, gonna drop some I. truth on to oh, you. Oh, let me, um, let but me we're hear gonna it. Continue. Um, so she's in the pool. They're all kind of sitting around talking about like, you know, is it here? Do you see anything? And she's like, no. And then there's like a lull in the conversation, and she turns and she's like, she points. She's like, it's here. Yep. And and I think that what's so superb about that interaction between the friends and her is how, you know, she's in such a um such a such a troubling spot but she's the only person yeah who can help herself yeah they point. can aid her only to an extent yeah. but it's really up to her whether she can prevent herself from from dying yeah and my favorite part of the scene is when the sister asks what is it like what do yeah. you see and i don't know if you caught on, on to this maybe but, i didn't so she says i don't want to tell you Yes. And so I figured out why. But oh. and we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Okay, okay, okay. Um, oh, so excited. then we start seeing this thing get a little smart. It starts picking up the electronics that and they were going to maybe... Use it to, seemed like they were going to electrocute it. it, it yeah. Get it into the pool and then she gets out and electrocute it. Something like that. That's that's what I, that's Very what Scooby I thought Doo as well. Plan. Very yeah. Scooby-Doo. Um, and even the director says like, no, this was not supposed to work. It was a joke. Oh, I kind of ruined it. It doesn't work. But, yeah. you know, he says like... It was like it's supposed to be like a very childish thing to do. Absolutely, yeah. Um, but then you start seeing it throw like toasters and TVs at her. Yeah, it's un it's unrelentless. It's unforgiving. And it does hit her. It hits her a few oh, times. Oh, it hits her. It hurts her. Hits her um, in the head. But then the kids get smart and they the sister takes like a blanket out of her bag, throws it over, and, and you and see it's, the it's silhouette, like a ghost with a sheet on it. You know yeah, what it mean? totally looks like a ghost with a sheet on it. And I think, I mean. We understand, we, we briefly saw when Paul hit it with the folding chair and it made contact. So you do know that it is like it physically, form, yeah. it's physically there. Um, but this seeing, is... seeing the body underneath the the blanket is, um, it's just, it, it can't not give you shivers down mm. your spine. Um, and something to note, at this point, its form is just like kind of like a, th- a man, maybe yeah. in his 30s or yeah, early 40s, basic... like a small beard. Yeah. Um, and let me tell you, very reminiscent of photos that were on her vanity. Interesting. So what I think it is, is oh. that the father has passed away. 
Um, and that's why maybe her and her sister are a little off, and that's why the mom is drinking. And they they show the mom drinking a few times in the movie, uh-huh. and the, or they see like the mom's body with like a wine glass near it. Oh. And of course, that's why she wouldn't want to tell her sister who it is. But it is, yeah, that's it's, very it's, upsetting. It's probably the dad, or you know, even if he's not dead, just maybe he's not present in their lives, and maybe it's something that that causes trauma. But I like, I mean, the Either thought way. of him being dead, and it's very cruel. And if, that's and that's the hardest part is that he's throwing these things at her, and she doesn't. She doesn't get out of the pool. She just asks, like, can I get out? And Paul's like, no, but she doesn't, she doesn't, like, not that she really can fight it, but she doesn't know what she's, this may be, like, the hardest part for her because now it's her dad. Wow. Possibly. If that is true, that adds a whole new layer layer to this film. Yeah. Um, But, so they wind up do getting it, they wind up getting it in the pool. They shoot it again. um, And you see blood. You see red on the sheet. Yeah. It falls in. And then maybe, the way that it falls in, may I add? Oh, uh, it's terrifying! Oh, it is it's terrifying. terrifying! It just sort of flungs right in. Because the the other time we see it get shot in the head and fall, it kind of falls like a person would, like it falls onto its limbs. But this yeah. time, it's like a plank just falling straight forward exactly. into the water. It's terrifying. So before it falls into the pool, Greg is shooting at it, and that's when he hits. He actually hits the friend. That's right. He he, he it, like the bullet her. Yeah. bullet um and, skims her, and that's when they throw the sheet over it, and then. Um, but he shoots it, it falls into the pool, and I think she thinks everything's clear. She tries to get out, and then it grabs her. And as she's trying to, like, struggle, it's swimming after her. It's, like, like keeping yeah. up with her, grabbing her. Greg starts shooting at it again through in the water, yeah, kind of, like, in, behind in, her. And you're like, oh, my God, he's going to hit her. You know, this is the end. Um, and then after a few shots, he does... He just hit it again in the head. There's something about shooting it in the head that is a reoccurring theme in this also. Well, I mean, I think that – and I think it's just because it's a kill shot for a human Completely, being. yeah. You know, I if, just you, think if, it's if you hit it in the knee, like, what does it matter? you got to yeah. hit it in the head. But well, the walks, thing is that like, I'm really not considering is that it's not a human. It, and it, you've shot it in the head twice already. It doesn't matter. I mean, it's just interesting. But I think that, you know, when you're desperate and you want to do anything to save your friend and save yourself, yeah. you're just going to shoot in the head. I think yeah. it's funny. It actually made me think of – um there it happens it happens in other uh horror movies i see it also a lot in like sci-fi and, and alien films that uh there'll be like a like a supernatural or an extraterrestrial extraterrestrial entity and someone will start shooting at it and you're thinking like it's not a person it matter. Yeah, your yeah, yeah. guns your guns mean nothing your earthly guns mean nothing, nothing. to me <laughs> and and that's exactly so that's what happens here yeah. but i mean he did he did his best yeah he did, no, he his did. Best. And, and, and once again these are children playing with guns but uh, she does get away. She does away, and and there's a there's a moment I really love here where Paul says, "Do you see anything?" Yeah. She creeps back up to the pool, and there's that. But you do see that that growing red cloud of yeah. blood, and it is so gorgeous. And once and, again, with the static sound building over yeah. it as it's getting bigger in the pool, like you, it's like when you drop, you know, die. You put like dye into it water. It does look exactly like that. It just starts. It's, it's it, it bright, becomes all of it. Gorgeous red. It takes over the screen and then kind of is a great uh, transition. Yeah. So we so we're we are fully immersed into the red. Whatever yeah. it is, whether it's blood or whether it's something that the that it can just sort of uh, create or we're kind of dive into it. We have this this whole very dramatic and probably and probably the most like sort of action packed scene in the film with the pool. Yeah. And there's there's no dialogue um, leading up to this, but Jay and Paul have sex. Yeah, um, it cuts to like them like going for it, 
And again, just like with Greg, the sex is not particularly passionate. It's no, not loving. It's not hot and upset. heavy. Yeah. It's just, it's very practical. Yeah. It's this dry, you know, cut and dry. We have to do this because what other option do we have? Yeah. And it's a grand sacrifice on Paul's part. Oh, completely. And once again, the, he, he, Paul hasn't seen it. Paul, like Paul has not physically, but Paul has Paul has experienced. But yeah, okay, yeah, that really isn't. Paul's experienced a lot. Paul's probably experienced it as much as anybody else has. has. Yeah. So, so Paul and Jay have sex, and this is a really interesting moment because you go from this like childlike scheme to something that's you know kind of. I guess for lack of a better term, it's sort of depressing. Mm-hmm. They have to do this, you know? They have to just have yeah, it's sex. Not over. It's very adult, you know? And, and that's what... That's... So the main two things of this film is the ambiguity and placing these still young people in yeah. a very serious, like, unexplainable situation. And of course, it's something that they have never dealt with. Which um, and that's why it's so important that this is connected to sex because yeah. it's like that turn to adulthood. Same, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's the same. It's like sort of your, your strip of innocence. And yeah. I think that you know, kind of with the with the um, allusions towards uh, sexual assault and sexual tra- tra- sexually transmitted diseases, that too, um, in many cases, is a um, sort of a, a negation of innocence and a force yeah. for for many people to have to you know embrace a uh, maturity that they possibly weren't ready to embrace yeah there's a Sex really worker. interesting moment it's very brief um and it's paul making a decision sort of interesting decision uh, like a very adult decision we see him driving around it seems like a very industrial sort of abandoned area and he sees two prostitutes on the street. Yeah. And you are, you know, up he to your imagination. Yeah. You don't well, know if he does pass it along. You don't know if he doesn't. Exactly. We see him. We definitely see him considering something. And, yeah. of course, and I think that, you know, now that that we're on this this theme of a very real life um, sex and, and um, sort of like sex culture, how does society view sex workers? That's true. It's a very, very brief moment. It's something that I didn't consider the first time I, I saw this film, but, you know, sort of the idea that, well, it doesn't matter if it's them. Oh, see, I got something kind of different out of oh, that. Oh, do tell. I got the fact that this thing will now spread. That like is a wildfire. very good point. That is a very Possibly good point. Like it, can spread, it can spread to so Tons many different, different people, people all over, which to me would scare the out of me yeah it would so, scare the crap so out of there me there is no there is no evidence that um he does this he goes straight with it yeah so let's talk a little bit about this last shot it's yeah. very brief and very subtle but very it's impactful, very impactful yeah. just like the rest of the movie yeah. so we don't know whether or not they have had sex with other people since their sexual encounter they will have sex with other people since their encounter maybe we don't know embraced it status yeah but what we see is, I think, really powerful. It's Paul and Jay holding hands, kind of this this unified front, walking down a sidewalk. They both look very adult. They too. both look mature. But Paul's both... wearing like that leather jacket. Oh. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he kind of like he looks well, like a bit more there's, mature. I mean, there's a growth, and now they're not they're not fearful and timid. They are walking kind of with their heads up high, yeah. holding hands. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But you know, it's not right. You know, there's something not right because you can see. You know, behind something them, is there's walking, somebody walking towards them. To me, it kind of looked like what Paul was wearing. 
I don't know. I I saw somebody else mention this. It kind of looked like it was wearing the same outfit as Paul, like a long white oh, shirt with a jacket with a dark pants. I'm sure it could do that if it wanted to. I didn't pick up on that, but I, I mean, you know. it it was it was Greg as it was going for Greg. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, but yeah, it's it's really terrifying because once again, the music is so beautiful at this end part. Mm-hmm. Um, but. It just cuts to black with the main theme, which is very, uh, very and yeah, scary because and, you know, and it's that's the thing. And that's what I love about this movie is that, you know, I think a lot of contemporary horror movies would want to end with one big last scare or one, you know, big cliffhanger or, you know, who maybe there's going to be a sequel. This one doesn't do it. It's so psychological. It's so... Ambiguity. But it totally hits you because you don't know and you want to know, but that's what makes it even scarier. And this is the type of movie that can totally keep you up at night. This is the type of movie that's going to keep you checking over your shoulder. So the way this movie ends, I think that it perfectly encapsulates the the atmosphere, the themes, and the story of this film. Um, And I, I would love to know if you have anything else you would like to say about this movie i mean personally my favorite part of this whole movie is the music i'm sure and i guess for for those who don't know lee he himself is a musician and a very very skilled musician uh, you want to plug that real quick oh follow me on soundcloud at opaque eyes that's, opaque eyes that's, i can't spell it for you right now because that's hard a-q-u-e space e-y-e-s there you go soundcloud anyway yeah um so lee as a musician um tell tell me what you thought of this music and, and how it impacted the film. So, um, you know, kind of <laughs> relating it to me. Um, no, the music I make is very um, kind of like, I'm not going to say retro, but it's very like video game music. Setting. It is kind of, I mean, yeah. Not intentionally, it, but that's kind of what inspired me. Like Legend of Zelda themes like really inspire me. Like that like classic uh, retro sound is very much present in my music. And as a as a personal fan of your music, oh, um, you. it, it, it totally reminded me of... Um, disaster pieces score for this yeah. film because it, it it's a really lot- synth heavy, but in it in your music too is is it can be at times very atmospheric. Yeah. And I could totally thank see you. your music being used in a film. Any oh, filmmakers thanks. out there who need a yeah, let me know. composer, let Lee know. But um, so yeah, please. Yeah, so I mean, um, what disaster piece does so interesting is I was listening to the soundtrack for the film recently, mm-hmm. and none of the score. There's only one score that's five minutes long. Everything else is under two minutes yeah the film is very quiet but the scenes that it uses sound it are shakes very specific up. and they're all very different yeah it can be just like a minute long of like this growing um you know like swell of just scary sound coming towards you or my favorite is at the pool it has this very like water level feel to it like it has like a lot of like uh pad sounds it's very uh you know celestial it sounds like if you're playing mario and you were underwater and it uses like you know if you ever played like with a keyboard when you were a little kid like a casio keyboard just like the presets it has it has these like beautiful like really retro sounding um presets and that's what this film uses it's Mm -hmm. so beautiful he like um disaster piece is um he is a chiptune like musician and what does chiptune mean for those who aren't familiar oh gosh you put me on the spot i don't know what it is so chiptune uh to my knowledge how i'm gonna explain it is not great and i don't at me um it's not at opaque eyes um but more or less it's kind of uh a style of music that's um 
eight bit, which probably doesn't make sense to anybody either. Um, but it's very like retro. Like is think that of video games. Yeah, think of like you're playing like like uh, Mario, like Mario, or like the old uh, Game Boy Advance, like the yeah. the really cool like older boxier ones. Um, if you're playing like a Pokemon game, it's all it's very harsh. There isn't like beautiful sounds. You don't, you're not going to hear and like very instrument. Too. They're very simple because um, uh, so. Chiptune kind of takes the idea of when video games back in like the 80s and 90s, there wasn't a lot of space to put compositions in the actual physical um, game, you know, cartridge or CD. But it's such um, a nostalgic sound, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're part of your life. Yeah, yeah, it brings you back to, you know, for maybe for me and you, people in 21, Mm -hmm. it brings us back to like the 90s when we were still, you know, young, very young. Yeah, but this... This composer, he uses a lot of jazz themes in it to mm. build up atmosphere, a lot of sevens, adding in the ninths and seconds, which, again, to music people, to non-music people, that doesn't really mean anything. But it could mean anything, and and I think I would encourage, if, if anybody's interested in, in film scores, even it's if you really yourself cool. is not a musician, this is definitely one to look into. Because music plays such an interesting part in, in setting atmosphere and mm-hmm. setting tone and setting pace. Yeah. Um, and especially with this film, it does it so intricately it only is used in certain areas and when it is used it's so subtle or it's so simple but it drives the film exactly. and it drives the thriller aspect of this film so intense well i think that you know and, and with the score and with virtually everything else in this movie everything is done with intention yeah the, like you were saying the the score is placed with with great intention oh, in yeah. certain parts it's not throughout the film. Yeah. We don't have a, a score and we don't have um, a beginning credits yeah. to introduce the film. It's, none it's of that. straight to it with music. Even, so, um, you know, the first two or three songs are scary as heck. Yes. Heck. Yes. They're scary. And then you kind of have this lull of like some simple cutesy things. But um, one of the tracks is called Detroit. And, mm. you know, this is... You're not supposed to really know specifically where it's set, but it is in Detroit. Um, do they say it's in Detroit at any point? Yeah, well, they say 8 Mile, which is... They say 8 Mile. They Detroit. allude to it being Detroit. Um, no, it's not an illusion. That's, like, literally just Detroit. But, like, if you didn't know, like, I didn't know that meant that. I guess, I mean, yeah, they never say the word Detroit in the movie. Yeah, they never explicitly say Detroit, but, you know, the Detroit theme um, is very abysmal. It's yes. very dark. It's very yeah. decrepit. It's, like, scary. Um you know, which Some is parts setting of Detroit, the scene. To be fair, any of our Detroit listeners, the part that the, the part that they're specifying. Some you know, parts of Detroit are absolutely. I'm sorry, beautiful. I've never been to Detroit. Don't at me. <laughs> um, but the music, just the atmosphere that it creates. Um, you know, for anybody interested, he's also done music for games like Fez, um, which you don't know anything about, which nope. is okay. It's a really great game, um, and the music once again is this very. It has a lot of heavy lows, but the highs are very digital and very celestial still feeling um which i think really makes is it's a great topping to the movie um atmosphere wise i think that this is such an excellent movie for you to choose lee because thank you not only is it a really fun movie to talk about there's so much to pick apart here i think that the pre-edited um our pre-edited recording <laughs> oh God, is pushing three hours yeah, now we're missing um, american horror story we're 30 minutes past when american horror story started. we're missing american horror story for this but i've had an absolute blast yeah. talking about this with you, oh my God, you and too. especially you being a musician and being able to kind of break down that soundtrack for us oh i hope i did uh, an, an absolute okay privilege so kids don't have sex yeah. or you will die don't do not have sex or you will die that's i think if, if if you take away anything from tonight that's what it should be but get checked up but you know what if you get are tested. having sex get tested 
Uh, it's a, not in a negative way. Just it's, no. it's good to know your status it's and share it with your, your partners. Uh, go to your local Planned Parenthood. They'll do it for free. That's true. And if you see any bigots outside, yell at them. Yell at them for me. Yeah. So thank you so much, Lee, for coming and joining me t- today to talk about It Follows. Thank you for having me. This has been a really great experience. Thank you. Well, not an experience, uh, but. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in. This has been your favorite scary movie, and we will see you next time. That's the music. It's too scary.